Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Around from 1 until 4, then after 4 o'clock, uh, John Cobell on demand on the iHeart app. It's the podcast version. You could hear what you missed. Uh, we are going to go right to Alex Stone from ABC News here. I, it's just amazing. Over 10,000 uh, illegal aliens a day are coming over the border and the, the Border Patrol is overwhelmed. I mean, the whole, everything's overwhelmed. The detention camps, uh, the Biden administration uh, flat out refuses to do anything about it. They're tr they're, the Congress is trying to uh, issue some kind of uh, relief, but they're busy fighting. And I think now they're going to be uh, recessing for Christmas. So this is going to go on and on, over 10,000 a day. We got Alex here to talk about it. What's what's the latest? Hi there, John. Yeah, it doesn't look like Congress is going to be able to do anything, but uh, the, the the border is overflowing right now, and they, this has been growing for the, the last number of weeks, and, but the migrants have just kept coming, and seems that the, the smugglers are purposely bringing them to, to remote ports of entry where they can easily become overwhelmed. Today it is 
Eagle Pass, Texas. In recent weeks, it's been in Lukeville, Arizona, where that port of entry has been shut down because they are and have been so overwhelmed. Now, freight traffic on trains along the border region around Eagle Pass, they, they can't get trains through there. They can't deal with the uh, the immigration requirements, customs requirements of bringing uh, freight in from Mexico. So it is, it, I mean, they're just completely overwhelmed. And so many are arriving to claim asylum that, that they're now waiting in these makeshift camps on the U.S. side where they have not officially turned themselves in to uh, border agents, but the border agents are so overwhelmed that they're saying, you just stay there before you claim asylum and we'll get to you. They're now out in the elements in pretty cold weather wearing emergency, the, the tinfoil-type blankets, waiting to make their asylum claim. Martin Whelan is a Border Patrol agent in the Yuma sector. He's telling us... We're facing severe challenges right now. Now, like so many surges, it's not really clear why right now, despite you know both sides have their claims of what it is, but there has not been a big law change or policy change in the last couple of weeks, what? other than that the Rio Grande is low right now and it's easy to cross. So that may come into play. But this is uh, Fidel Baca, an agent in El Paso. He says they don't know. They, they have a lot of theories what's going on on the Mexico side, but they don't know. There's a lot of misinformation going on on the Mexican side, whether it be misinformation due to misunderstanding or purposely distributed false information. We don't know. Yeah, but that information going out uh, from the cartels and the, the smuggling uh, groups. But, uh, John, the, the agents, they say they're overwhelmed. They cannot keep up with the influx right now. Today, uh, we saw Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez. He was on the border in front of these camps that have been set up where they're kind of in no man's land on the U.S. side, but waiting to turn themselves in. He is saying, look, the federal government, the Biden administration needs to send an influx of immigration judges to the border to get these asylum claims going because the local communities along the border are being ravaged by this. The hospitals are full. People are getting sick out there in the, you know, living in essentially the desert, waiting to, to be heard. The uh, the congressman today saying this. Here in Eagle Pass, uh, there is over there's over 10,000 people in uh, in detention. That is a historic number. Uh, yesterday, there was over 4,000 that came over. Once again, another astronomical number. So Eagle Pass yesterday, uh, it was 4,400, uh, the number that we now have, and that's a record for one sector of the, the Border Patrol. We know that uh, overall along the border was 10,500 yesterday, 11,000 on Monday, and those are just the numbers who were apprehended. All of those who are waiting to claim asylum and to turn themselves in, they are not included in those numbers because they have not been apprehended yet. So, I mean, this is these numbers are just the number of, of agents who are there to say, okay, you're being processed, you're being processed. If there were more, the, the numbers would be a lot higher than they are. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people just running into the country. And Well, yeah, but also not, all of those who are waiting to, to make their claim, they're not tallied in that just because and, the U.S. doesn't have the manpower to do it. I, the New York Post had a headline today that simply said surrender with a huge, with photo of the huge crowd massed at the border. And that's what it seems like, is that our country has surrendered our sovereignty at the border. Uh, it's anything goes. Anybody can come, and next to nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah, well, and, and with the these camps that are being set up, or, you know, just kind of, you know, that they're developing, that, that these are people who want to, or at least they say that they're going to make the, the asylum claim. They are waiting. They're not 
running in, you know, like you traditionally would think of people entering illegally. They are sitting there and they're waiting. And that, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've covered the, the border for many years, and you'll see that you go to breaks in the, the fence, and they will wait in a single-file line and wait for a Border Patrol van to pull up and uh, calmly get into that van knowing that they are waiting to to make that claim. And that's what these groups are doing right now. It's a longer wait than waiting in a single-file line and waiting for another Border Patrol shuttle to pull up so then they can be carried away and make the the asylum claim. Right now, there are days of waiting or even longer, and then they're camped out, and, and then when their time comes, they'll go in and, and they'll make their claim. Very good, Alex. Thank, thank you for coming on. Yeah, you got it. Explaining so. all that. Alex Stone, ABC News, with the latest at, at the border. Uh, I, I've got to believe that, well, I, I, it, lo- it does look like surrender. I thought that post headline summed it up. That's the official policy. Everybody can come in, and it seems as if the drug and uh, human smuggling cartels, they're in charge, and they have their methods to gin up business because all these migrants, and they're coming in from all over the world, all these migrants are, uh, many of them are paying customers. They're, they're, They're paying the cartels, and the cartels are spreading the word all over social media in all these countries. And whether they're doing it with correct information or false information, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets hung up on the specific details. If we had a wall built and we had strict penalties against people who are captured by our Border Patrol, uh, and this problem would go away. It's not that complicated. It's, it's It's not hard. They'll lead you to believe it's hard. No, it's not. It's like everything else. If you just enforce the law, if you do what's obvious... This problem would stop. The cartels have immense power. This is another area where I'm starting to head to the fringe here. Why is it that uh, the Biden administration does not want to confront the cartels and restrict their multi-billion dollar business? Really? There's a reason here. There's a story. Nobody wants to investigate it. Maybe they don't want to get shot by the cartels. But clearly the Biden administration, and I, I don't include Joe as part of the administration, uh, the Biden administration decided to surrender. And now you've got 10, 12, 14,000 a day coming over that we can count. Who knows what the real number is? And we know why they're doing it. They, they want to uh, change the makeup of the country, the demographic makeup. But God, the, the amount of money that the cartels are making, the cartels communication system and their transportation system is, is, is really, uh, unbelievably efficient they're really good at spreading the word and then getting people organized and then getting them over the border and they're making literally billions of dollars and we're standing and watching the public hates this the, the polling is terrible his approval rating on, on the border is in the 20s but 80 percent of the public thinks it's a big problem and people will vote i don't know why biden would do this to himself he wasn't that kind of politician for the first 50 years and that's why I think he's he's asleep much of the time. And these are these radical, progressive, woke extremists that have come up with this policy. And I wonder if he even knows what's going on. Really, I do. I, I cannot believe that he would allow this to happen. He, he never showed a trace of that uh, in, in uh, the first 80 years of his life. 
and why the, this total surrender to, to, to drug cartels with all the horrible things they do and all the horrible things the drugs do to people. It's like, why would you do this? Why would you do this to, to people, to, to kids, to family? What, why, why, what's the point of this? There's nowhere to put them. And now in New York, Eric Adams, he's, he's shortchanging. He's has to defund the police and defund the fire department, defund uh, the schools because there's no money. He's going to have to jack up taxes. Chicago, the same thing. And that dumbass mayor in Chicago is blaming Greg, Greg Abbott. What the hell are you talking about? If Abbott was in charge, the border would be closed. You wouldn't have tens of thousands of people storming your city. What's wrong with you? I don't know. It's like everybody's insane. Really, only insanity could explain this. All right, more uh, coming up. Uh, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna play you a story from Channel Four. Uh, th this is from the obvious desk. L.A. bus stops being overrun with homeless people. Apparently, uh, a lot of people. You know how they're constantly preaching to take public transportation, take metro, take the buses. Well, on the metro trains, you get stabbed. To go to a bus stop, you got to fight off uh, a large crowd of homeless people. And there's a bus stop right by the gas station that I use, right there. So every single time that I go to pump my gas, there's always people coming up to me. They're in the bus stop area; it's covered, yeah. and then they they're constantly coming up to people. Yeah, can you imagine waiting for a bus for 20 minutes in that crowd? How scary would that be? When was the last time you took a public bus? I, I couldn't even tell you. You don't look like a bus girl. I'd be scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. On from 1 to 4 after 4 o'clock. Uh, John Cobalt on demand on the iHeart app. Who's in for Conway today? I assume he's not working the rest of the week. Uh, Chris Merrill's going to be on at 4 o'clock. I'm a little bit nervous because um, I got lost yesterday leaving the station <laughs> in the parking garage. 20 minutes uh, of trying to get out for you. 20 minutes because they closed the uh, checkpoints at the main entrance. You know, they have security booths and you have to have a key card and the bar goes up and you're allowed in the parking garage. But we can't use that one for some reason. So we have to take a side entrance. And I got I, I coming in. I, I got found my parking spot. But leaving. I couldn't figure it out. This is a weird garage. Most garages have ramps that take you up and then a ramp that takes you down, right? Or one ramp where you could go both ways. This doesn't. This garage is a complete maze. It is It is a maze, and you have to go up to go down. You have to go down to go up. And I always thought that I, always thought that I had to go down to get to the alternate entrance. Uh, and, and yesterday, from 4.39... <laughs> To uh, like 501, I'm lost in the garage here. And, oh, okay. I'm, and I was asking people, I'd stop and ask, and people who work in the building, they go, I don't know. They didn't, nobody knew. Nobody could give me directions. One woman said, no, no, just go right and right and right. No, it should have been left and left and left. Okay, so now you know what to do today. I, I got lost as well, although it, it took me about five minutes to figure it out. But <laughs> I understand. It is very stressful we're not used to that and as eric said it's a maze this is the benefits of working on the street team at one time in my career and yeah. i know this garage like the back of my hand now but you, you need to take john you need to go down with john then. you want to drive me out yeah I'll, I'll gladly drive you out <laughs> god and it, it turned out everybody all right what are the odds of this it's it's 
4.30, it's almost 5 o'clock. What are the odds? I follow three cars, figuring I'd follow them out. All three cars were coming in to park. <laughs> I kept following people in their parking spaces. It's like, well, nobody shows up for work at 5 o'clock. What is this? There's hardly anybody working here to begin with anymore. Because we got a six-story building, and there's four uh, 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 there's four layers of uh, four levels of parking downstairs. And then you know what's really scary? You go down to level three and four, where it's really dark and there's no exits, and there's one lone car parked. Here I park and there. on I park on P three. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe that's who it was. Yeah, I'm wondering. Well, what's this? Is this the drug selling corner, or is this? <laughs> no, I just park on P3 because that's where the promotions team keeps all of their stuff, and I, that's just habit for me. Is this where people entertain their escorts? I mean, what uh, what's <laughs> going on? I don't know on? nothing about that. Yeah, of course not. I just I, I by by five o'clock though, I was starting to panic because I felt like I was in a twilight zone, like a, like a bad dream thing. Like the walls were caving down. Going, going going around. I was, I was driving into cement walls. I felt like such an idiot. I, I, I was just, and so that's all I can think about now is what's it going to be like getting out? Well, I just came and said goodbye to you because I need to be somewhere after work and I'm anticipating that I'm going to get lost again. Well, maybe I'll find you down there. <laughs> I'll be so mad you, if I'm still there. You can, <laughs> you can follow me or I can follow you. <laughs> We're going to just spend the night here. Yeah, <laughs> just going round and round. A couple of ding-dongs. Um, all right, I want to play this uh, Play this clip from uh, Ted Chen over at uh, NBC4. This is uh, this is entertaining. Uh, they tell you to take uh, the metro train, but of course you'll get stabbed. They tell you to take a bus in L.A., but you got to fight off the homeless people at the bus stop. Here's Ted Chen. The mayor's office says it is approaching the homelessness crisis with unprecedented urgency. And advocates say, as you said, it is a crisis that keeps getting worse, with some people having no choice but to find shelter at bus shelters. Oh, that's nice. We need immediate triage shelter followed by innovative housing. Union Rescue Mission CEO Andy Bale says the homeless encampments at bus shelters is part of a bigger problem that's getting worse. It's been here the entire time that I've been at Union Rescue Mission. I've seen and checked on and prayed for people living under bus uh, shelters for ages. To Bales, the taking over of bus shelters are but one example of the failure to build more emergency shelters and immediate housing for the growing number of homeless in the city and the county of Los Angeles. We're in bigger trouble than we've ever been. More people on the street than we've ever had. Everybody who wants to come in should be able to come in. They should have a right to shelter, followed by innovative, imaginative, uh, immediate housing. Bale says L.A. Mayor Karen Bass's Inside Safe program, moving people off the streets into hotels and motels, has helped, but he says it and similar programs have been too expensive. The mayor's office issued a statement saying, quote, the city of Los Angeles is implementing a proactive approach to urgently bring unsheltered Angelinos all over the city inside. More than 21,000 Angelinos were brought inside over the last year. There is more work to be done, and we will continue to approach this crisis with unprecedented and urgency. Blah, LA Metro blah, says blah, its priority blah. is the safety of its passengers. Priority and if is a bus does encounter an obstacle at a bus shelter, it will stop either immediately before or after that shelter. <laughs> oh, so the bus will stop down the block. They won't get the homeless people out from under the bus shelter. They'll just stop the bus down the road and make you walk to it. Oh, for goodness sakes. Yeah, safety is your highest priority. Blah, my God. They just say the same nonsense every day over and over again because they don't care.
Nobody in the city cares. Nobody at, at Metro cares. But you get scolded constantly while you're driving your car. You should be taking mass transit. Ugh, God. They're always trying to make you feel guilty. Yesterday we told you about the bikes. You know, you, the, the, the idiots drive their bikes past parked cars and then they get whacked by uh, drivers opening their doors. Well, the drivers have to be more aware. It's like, no, the bicyclists have to go drive in a park. Get off the roads. I'm declaring war on all this stuff. Can't take it anymore. Uh, oh, and here's a, here's another thing we'll, we'll get into coming up after, uh, after 3.30. Uh, another impediment to our driving. Speed cameras. They're officially going to be coming to Los Angeles and Glendale and Long Beach. Speed cameras. And I will remind you, during the era of the red light camera, how the local governments screwed with the red light cameras in order to illegally cost you millions of dollars because they're going to do it again here. You'll see. This is one of my great predictions for the next year. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM640. We're on till four o'clock. Chris Merrill's going to be in for Conway. Uh, later on after four o'clock, it's uh, John Cobalt on demand, the podcast version. Uh, and we had a lot of good stuff on it today. Steve Gregory talking about that uh, four-year-old getting uh, uh, shot to death by a road rage maniac that Gascon should have kept in prison and should put in prison for life. And we also had a uh, constitutional law professor on to explain uh, try to explain how Trump could be uh, kicked off the ballot in Colorado for insurrection when he's never been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted. And that story is going to be the entertainment over the holidays. All right, I've got uh, stupid California government news from stupid politicians and the uh, consequences from their their actions. Um. Gavin Newsom signed a law. Six cities in California in 2024 is going to have speed cameras. Trial basis. <laughs> yeah, trial basis. Los Angeles, Glendale, Long Beach down here. San Francisco, San Jose, and Oakland up in the north. The cameras will issue tickets if you're going at least 11 miles an hour over the speed limit. Priority is around schools, high injury intersections, Known street racing corridors to try to reduce speeding and traffic fatalities. Uh, ticket prices uh, will go from 50 to 100 to 200, even 500. Depends how fast you're going. First violation will be a warning in most cases. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what they did with red light cameras. And this is true. Because you remember they were they were all the rage for a while. And then... The uh, operators of the red light cameras and the government figured they can make more money if they tweaked the yellow light. The yellow light was supposed to be, I don't know, uh, two seconds, three seconds, whatever. They, they shortened the yellow light to half a second, three quarters of a second. So there was no way that you could make it through an intersection on a yellow light. If the light was green as you were entering the intersection, it would turn yellow and red before you left, which means technically you went through a red light, even though it didn't turn red until the very end. In fact, you didn't even see it go yellow. That's how fast the lights changed. And then somebody figured it out, and there was a big ruckus about it. And it turned out the company that installed the red light cameras was cheating. And, of course, the, the governments were thrilled to have the extra money. Anyway, the whole thing fell apart. But that's what they do, and that's what they're going to do here. They're going to tell you that you're 11 miles over the limit, are you? Who knows, right? What do you think is going to happen? There are a bunch of greed bags. These are not being installed for safety reasons. They're being installed for money reasons. It always is. I can't stand their safety arguments. That was another thing about the red light cameras. They increased accidents. Why? Should have been obvious. 
you know there's a red light camera at an intersection. The thing is going red. You slam the brakes on really hard not to get the $200 ticket. You slam the brakes on hard, then it's boom behind you. Then another boom behind the next car. And suddenly you have a chain reaction accident. They had more accidents. They had more crashes after they put in those stupid red light cameras. Same thing is going to happen here. People are going to realize they're speeding. They're going to notice there's a, there's a camera. They're going to suddenly slow down dramatically. You're going to have more accidents. I saw a story. I don't have it in front of me, but I will get to it one day. They're looking at pedestrian deaths around the nation, why they're going up in certain places. Guess what one of the big reasons is? Homeless people stumbling around. There's certain times of the day where there's more people getting run over, and it correlates when homeless people are active. Yes, bums are getting run over. And then we're told, it's like, well, driving is more dangerous than ever. It's really out of control, the pedestrian fatalities. No, you're letting people live in the streets, and they're whacked out on drugs and booze, so of course they're going to get run over more. Here's, a, here's another uh, government stupidity story. When, when panic hit the governments over, uh, over the pandemic, they started buying, they started spending millions, in some cases billions of dollars, on stockpiles of masks and gloves and gowns. Gowns. And, you know, you remember the phrase PPE? Am I bringing back bad memories? Well, it's like when Newsom, remember Newsom panicked and 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 spent a billion dollars on some uh, fake Chinese company. I think it was an uh, electric uh, car company that was suddenly in the mask business. <sighs> well, this, this happened all over the place. And they ended up buying way too much of everything. And there's an expiration date on a lot of these uh, supplies. Um so now, for example, Ohio auctioned off 393,000 gowns. I guess this is hospital gowns. You know how much they got for 393,000 gowns? $2,450. I don't know what the buyer's going to do with them. They also threw away $7 million. Oh, God. They threw away $7 million and they sold 393,000. And they made less than $2,500. Seven million. Twenty-nine million in federal money. All the stuff they threw out, including the masks and the gloves and other things. Uh, at least 15 states have tossed all their uh, personal protection equipment because of expiration. 18 million masks, 22 million gowns, 500,000 gloves. Of course, more than half the states didn't even respond. They don't want to admit to it. And uh, because Newsom and Jerry Brown before him never planned for a possible pandemic. So when it happened, it caught him by surprise. So they spent billions of dollars because it was, it was a seller's market. And then they panicked and bought too much because they had no way of gauging how, how long they would need them. And so it ended up being tens of millions of dollars of waste. This went along to the U.S. government, too. They had something called the Strategic National Stockpile. Didn't have enough stuff there. So all the states 
uh, pl plunged into global bidding wars. In 2020, states spent over $7 billion in a few months. Oh, ventilators, too. Remember that? Ohio distributed 227 million pieces of protective equipment. Um, in Vermont, they sold 105,000 boot covers for $82. They sold safety goggles for 29 cents a piece. Uh, Wisconsin has thrown out almost 2 million, 2 million masks and a million gowns. Just huge amounts of waste now. Of course, they were spending tax money, in many cases, federal tax money, and that, that's not real money, right? That, I mean, that used to be our money, but they took it from us. Then they spent it on panicky nonsense. More coming up. John Cobalt Show. You're listening to John Cobalt On Demand from KFI AM 640. Along the stupid things California governments have done is they destroyed the city of San Francisco, and we've chronicled that for for years now but here's here's a something that hit me the office vacancy rate in san francisco is at about 36 percent right now in the fourth quarter and it, it it's going up now before the pandemic san francisco had nearly 100 percent office occupation rate there was almost no office space that you could rent and uh but then the pandemic hit and at the same time they let the city go to hell and let the drug addicts and the mental patients take over and you had all these methed out uh homeless people storming the streets and turned it into you know a zombie apocalypse and then a lot of people realized why do i have to drive in traffic to dodge Piles of human feces and needles and deal with crazy people who might kill me uh, just to sit in a boring office. There's got to be a better life. See, it, it kind of broke the magic of uh, high-tech office life in San Francisco. And so this has caused local businesses to close, restaurants to close, the whole thing. And it's a spiral downward. And uh, companies uh, stopped begging their em employees to come in. So now you have all these empty buildings, and most people I talk to, the first thing they say is, well, why can't they turn them into apartments? You know, affordable housing. Well, it turns out it's, you can't retrofit buildings like that easily and then have the new apartments be affordable. It's impossible. And then again, who wants to live there? Because a lot of the jobs are gone. The companies have moved out and they're like I said, the retail and the restaurants have closed down, so who's going to go first? But I, I was reading a story about the costs of retrofitting these, these office buildings, and I was wondering, what the, so we're just going to have these things, you know, like, like massive uh, Stonehenge monuments into the sky? Empty, I mean, a 36% vacancy rate? And that's really high. Like, L.A. is only at 15 and uh, New York, 17. It, it, it's still high by historic standards, those numbers. Chicago's at 23, Austin, 22, but San Francisco. And they think it's going to hit 40%. So a lot of people are, uh, a lot of companies are just, they, st they stop paying their rent, stop, you know, just broke their lease. 
the banks are going to lose a ton of money. They're going to have to write off all these buildings that they, they loaned money to, that they financed, and they're going to take big hits. And uh, the city dies. They actually killed San Francisco. When I came to California, uh, uh, we, we drove up the coast. We had a few weeks before we started working. Drove up the coast, saw San Francisco for the first time with my own eyes. I'd only seen it on, tel on television back east uh, whenever uh, there'd be a sporting event. You know, they'd have a, a blimp or a helicopter shot or something. It's like, wow, that looks beautiful. And then I went there and I thought, wow, this is magic. Absolutely. But the politics aside, this thing, just the, the city itself was just terrific. And now I've gone back there within the last year. It's like, oh, this is, this is so tragic. And I, I can't, I can't, I mean, this has happened to Detroit, but Detroit wasn't beautiful like San Francisco. It's fascinating how people will let a beautiful city die right in front of their eyes when everybody knows what's killing it. Everybody knew that the crime was killing it and, and that the politicians' bad policies, this weird religious cult of progressive ideology that took over, the, the results were bad. They all see it happen. They saw it happen every day. Didn't make a difference. They just still to this day doesn't make a difference. They're not really cleaning up San Francisco. And they're not really getting the vagrants and the drug addicts off the streets. They're they're not cleaning up the garbage. They're just watching it rot another day. I, I, you think everybody in San Francisco would want to preserve the unique beauty that they had there, but no, no, they they just destroyed it. Uh, Chris Merrill, what's up? Hey, hey buddy. What a show, huh? Yes, it's a show. <laughs> Very good. So uh, I was just talking with uh, Crozier here off the air and come to find out wet. Very wet. Uh, damp, moist, soupy, uh, all of the above. So we'll yeah. talk about how wet it's going to be. And then uh, I've got uh, a big question that is on the minds of so many people today. What is due process? There's some confusion about what due process <laughs> is. And uh, frankly, that confusion falls on all of us. Uh, I'm confused about it, too. I don't think due process matters anymore. I don't even, how do you define due process? You know, it's funny. It's not defined. So kind of a trippy, uh, yeah, trippy little deal I, here. I don't know. I think if you're going to ban somebody from the ballot over a crime, at least they have to be charged with the crime. Wow. Maybe that's a, a trial court judge that uh, that heard the whole deal. It's the same judge. that heals, uh, Here's the other stuff uh, uh, regarding any other uh, uh, election challenges. So why uh, why is it if I'm running for the school board, there's a different due process for me than there is for somebody who's on the ballot for president? I don't know. Why is there a different due process for the sheriff than <laughs> well, there is for the president? We know why. We do know why. We do know why. Chris Merrill is coming up. He's in for Conway, and he'll be on in a few minutes. John Cobelt's show, and we got Michael Crozier with the news live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 